Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, October 6th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Many federal student loan borrowers are frustrated now that the pause on payments has been lifted. Education should not be a privilege to the wealthy, and student loans should not be a consequence to the poor. We'll hear from some local borrowers who now have to resume payments in just a few minutes. Some in the St. Louis area say the updated COVID-19 vaccine approved by federal officials is hard to find. The shot has been tweaked to respond to more recent strains of the virus. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports. Scientists say getting the updated vaccine is one of the best ways to keep yourself from getting dangerously sick. But the rollout in St. Louis has been frustrating for some, with people reporting they've had pharmacies cancel appointments. Health officials say that's because the federal public health emergency expired earlier this year. That means government health departments are no longer widely supplying and distributing the vaccine. Ellen Sherman lives in Brentwood. She says CVS canceled her appointment twice. I was just glad to have to get it already. I didn't want to keep waiting because I know it takes a while, you know, after you have it before it's effective. A CVS spokesman says delays from wholesalers have resulted in some cancellations. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Health care at the jail in St. Louis is getting another level of oversight. The board governing the city's finances has approved a chief medical officer and 10 support staff positions. They come after three inmates at the downtown city justice center died in about 40 days. $2 million is being shifted from vacant positions in the Department of Corrections. The city is also looking for a new health care provider for detainees at the jail. Officials expect to award that contract late next week. It will start in December. The current provider, Corizon, has faced multiple lawsuits in state and federal court. Vice President Kamala Harris will be in St. Louis this afternoon to speak at a Democratic National Committee meeting. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports the visit comes as Missouri Democrats are preparing for an active election cycle. Harris will be the keynote speaker at the Democratic National Committee's fall meeting in downtown St. Louis. It comes as Missouri Democrats are trying to claw their way back into relevance after several bad election cycles. DNC Chairman Jamie Harrison says the National Party is paying attention to Missouri, especially since there's an open governor's race and Republican Senator Josh Hawley is running for re-election. Missouri is one of those interesting states that, you know, wasn't that long ago in which you had a Democratic United States senator from Missouri. Hawley himself has said he expects his re-election to be costly, especially if Democrats from across the nation donate to his eventual opponent. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri lawmakers will take a hard look at taxes local governments depend on when members convene in January. House Speaker Dean Plocker has expanded the scope of a committee examining the earnings tax in St. Louis and Kansas City to include personal property taxes. St. Louis imposes a 1% tax on money earned by people whose work is based in the city. Representative Steve Butts, a St. Louis Democrat, is on the committee and says the city has long depended on that tax. This tax has been under attack for at least 15 years that I'm aware of personally. So if there would have been an alternative, that would have been floated and created. But says he believes there is no chance the legislature will make big tax changes in the upcoming session. 
A new report seeks to get a better handle on racial equity efforts at nonprofits throughout Illinois. Charmeen Shahjahan is the Racial Equity Collective Director at Forefront. That's an association of 1,100 nonprofits and grant makers in the state. She says the definition of racial equity differs from region to region, but there is a common thread. At the core of it, you know, we are looking to rectify the harm that has been created through different laws and uh, different factors or principles even within the the philanthropic sector, uh, you know, so be able to analyze that. Forefront's Racial Equity Access Survey finds the current political climate and getting support from stakeholders are some of the regional challenges, in addition to shared factors like a lack of funding, capacity, and data. A partnership among Circus Harmony, the St. Louis Parks Department, and two local foundations, has brought circus classes to some of the city's children. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Circus Harmony first hosted classes at city rec centers as part of its project exploring historic sites in the city. Over the summer, they expanded to week-long camps at seven centers. Now, with funding from the Missouri Arts Council, they're happening weekly at five of those centers. Jessica Hentoff is Circus Harmony's founder and artistic executive director. She says the classes mean more variety for kids. Most of the programs at rec centers are competitive sports. There's not a lot of creative arts-oriented activities, not a lot of performing arts activities. The Arts Council grant covers the cost of the weekly classes for two years. Hentoff hopes to be able to make the program permanent. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Millions of federal student loan borrowers were relieved when the government paused payments throughout the pandemic. But that ended October 1st, leaving many uncertain about their future. St. Louis Public Radio asked borrowers throughout the region about how resuming payments will affect their lives. Hi, my name is Rachel Bray, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I attended Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville, Illinois, and graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2015. Hi, this is Kim Lowell from St. Charles. I have student loans and my 23-year-old son has student loans. We have become a multi-generational student loan debt family. I have been paying for grad school for 18 years. He just graduated in May and is starting on his first year of repayment. Hi, I'm Jada, my pronouns are they, them, and I live in St. Louis. I went to St. Louis University and I graduated in 2020 with a degree in political science and psychology. My student loan debt has affected me in similar ways that I think most debts do. Um, Things in this world are, are costing more than they ever have, so making student loan payments are becoming harder than they ever were for my family, especially because my husband also has his own student loan debt. I don't regret going to school, but I would have done things differently. My undergrad was paid for, these are my graduate school loans, and it's challenging. It's a lot of money. We do not qualify for the SAVE plan. We're just a little bit too high, so we're in the middle and we're paying and it's tough. Student loans are definitely not something that I'm factoring in in terms of my like budget for the month. Like I think paying like my groceries and paying rent and like my car note is a little bit more important than paying back for, you know, a degree that I got like 3 years ago. My only upsetting thing is just watching so many people fight against 
the initiative to like cancel student loan debt in total. Everyone deserves a quality of life. Everyone deserves to have their basic necessities met and no one deserves to be held burdened to these like financially predatory systems such as student loan debts, especially when you know, we were promised the idea that like, oh, if you get a good education, you'll be able to find a good job. And we know with our economy, that just hasn't gone that way. Groceries are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Rent is ever increasing. People are constantly being displaced, but you want them to make student loan payments. Like something's going to give. It was never my intention to take out loans that I didn't plan to pay back in full. But the mixed emotions part comes in because a lot of my career and education path choices were based on um, things that I was told by my teachers and mentors, which was that in order to make it in this world and to um, have a certain projected salary, I had to get a degree and do whatever it was to, to finish my program. But now that you know I'm out in the real world, those projected salaries and um, possibilities aren't exactly reflective of today. And so um, a little bit feels like I was misled by you know this, this glitz and glam of what was on the other side of college and I just haven't really seen any evidence of it. And now them having be, been restarted, it's like, you know, we get no relief. Like I still don't have the disposable income to pay off student loan debt. So like now what are my other options? The potential of having like my wages garnished when I already don't have the money to like pay what needs to be paid. I urge lawmakers to remember that education should not be a privilege to the wealthy and student loans should not be a consequence to the poor. So many of my friends are advising their loved ones and children to find alternatives to college because of their student loan debt. Certainly college isn't right for everyone, but those who do want to pursue a degree like I did should have the ability to do so without the promise of something our country can't commit to. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson produced that piece. Our Jonathan All edited the report. Monday is Thanksgiving in Canada. That means I'm out for a few days next week. One of St. Louis Public Radio's ultimate utility players, Rod Milam, will be at the helm of this weekday extravaganza on Monday. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.